0: Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. This is Shannon, and I'm your host. And you're listening to the Goddess Morning Show podcast, where you can tune in every weekday morning for an approximately 20-minute long episode to start your day with updates on things that matter to a community of awake and conscious individuals who seek the divine feminine in all we do. We sift through all the copious amounts of information on the internet to bring you news and information on the things that matter to you. Tune in to hear about environmental news and book releases, interviews with thought leaders influencing the awakening of humanity, the moon phases, planetary positions, crystal healing, herbal and holistic health, guidance on green living, and that's just naming a few. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on right now. Be blessed. Namaste. Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. Today is February 21st, 2020. I am Shannon, your host, and you're listening to The Goddess Morning Show. Our first article for the day is an herb, and it comes to us from growingupherbal.com and healthline.com. It is ruebos. It is an herb that is often drunk in tea form, it's caffeine free, low in tannins and high in antioxidants and believed to contain many wellness-promoting benefits, especially when it comes to the heart. It is also said to be calming to the nerves. It's energetically warming to the body and has a deep, mellow and sweet flavor. Test tube studies note that the antioxidants quercetin and luteolin are present in Ruibos and can kill cancer cells and prevent tumor growth. However, the levels of those two antioxidants are relatively low, and many fruits and vegetables are much better sources. Therefore, it's unclear whether rooibos packs enough of these two antioxidants and whether they're absorbed efficiently enough by your body to provide benefits. However, rooibos tea is the only natural source known of the antioxidant aspalothin. Which animal studies suggest may have anti-diabetic effects. One study shows that this antioxidant balanced blood sugar levels and reduced insulin level, insulin resistance, I'm sorry, which could prove promising for people who have or are at risk for di- type 2 diabetes. However, it does note that more human studies are needed. Our next article says that a new wave of indies are using games to explore climate change. It says that as the world grapples with the enduring impact of climate change, indie creators are finding ways to use games as a form of interactive education. It says that nature isn't exactly new territory for games and that video games often feature wrenched contortions of the natural world as core tenets in environmental design. In some cases, this is largely innocuous and more of a product of pure creativity than a riposte against real-world issues. But more recently, smaller creators have been designing worlds as mirrors to our own. Their purpose is to reflect injustice and encourage change as we seek to undo the damage done by the contemporary climate crisis. This can mean anything from a game exploring the oceans, made in concert with the BBC, to an interactive look at the importance of bees. All right, so from Charmsoflight.com, we have our crystal for the day, and it is rhodochrosite. It affects the heart chakra. It is in the zodiac of Leo and Scorpio. Its element is Earth, and the typical... Typical colors are pink, rose, red, yellowish gray, brown, white, or gray. It is known to help in healing, comfort, harmony, friendship, kindness, tolerance, compassion, and self love. It is a stone that integrates physical and spiritual energies, simulating love and passion while energizing the soul. Rhodochrosite opens the heart, lifting depression and encouraging a positive and cheerful outlook. It improves self-worth and soothes emotional stress. Rhodochrosite encourages a positive attitude, creativity and innovation, and enhances dream states. It regulates and stabilizes the heartbeat, balances blood pressure, and stimulates circulation, the kidneys, and reproductive organs. It alleviates migraines, skin disorders, thyroid imbalances, and intestinal problems. It also helps to purify the circulatory system and restore poor eyesight. All right, moving on to an article by Nicole Pontes from Impact. It says, imagining a world of sustainable regenerative brands. And the article begins, imagine the world in 2030. We've exhausted our virgin natural resources. Our mines are tapped out. Our working forests are gone. Our fossil fuel reserves are done. Luckily, our leaders across business, government, and civil society have joined together to create vast amounts of natural reserves just in time so that the environment is able to regenerate at a healthy steady rate. However, in order to thrive, these protected natural places must remain untouchable for decades so we have to make do with what we've already pulled out of the ground. In this future, imagine that we've opened up landfills in search of precious metals for electronics, we've cleaned up the Great Pacific garbage patch to extract precious plastics for recycling into new goods, and we've shifted away from a take-make-waste culture because every single thing counts. In this future, nature is flourishing because we've learned to leave it alone. We've learned how to share better. We've learned to live in co-housing settlements where each family has an individual dwelling but also shares resources like a community, event space, pool, gym, and playground. We've learned that not everything needs to be new to be new to us. We've learned to find a home for things we no longer need and connect with others who can benefit from these things along the way, like a toaster or a sweater. We've learned how to build modular project products where small parts can be updated easily over time. In this world of resource limitations, humans still crave abundance, but it's shifted meaning. Instead of an abundance of material goods, We want an abundance of time, meaningful relationships, and passionate pursuits. We want an abundance of creativity, experience, and freedom. So, brands that are preparing for this circular world across industries, geographies, and generations, a new breed of brands is already designing for this, where growth is decoupled from harm and we meet the needs of more people with fewer resources and less waste. New products with a low impact mission that marry high design with durability and less waste have been gaining popularity. Loop is a circular shopping and delivery service offering everyday products from brands like Pantene, REN Skincare, Ariel and Häagen-Dazs ice cream in premium reusable packaging. Blue Land offers a suite of household cleaners that come in stunning reusable containers that you'll want to display on your countertop rather than stash below the sink. What's more, the product ships as a waterless tablet, drastically reducing the carbon impact of transportation. For secondhand resale platform LetGo, the circular economy can get also inspire a shift in culture, behavior, and lifestyle aspirations. So, also. In fact, the resale and sharing economy businesses like Waze Carpool, Depop, and Airbnb are already giving us a glimpse into how a world of doing more with less not only helps address our waste and resource problems, but helps repair our sense of community as well. All right. Our next article is from Robert Lamb from HowStuffWorks.com. And it's about how the alphabet may have destroyed goddesses. In his article, The Alphabet and Goddess, Part 2, it says, What happened to the worship of goddesses? In this episode of Stuff to Blow Your Mind, Robert Lamb and Joe McCormick explore Leonard Schlein's hypothesis from his 1998 book. One of the key questions Shlain poses is this. What if written language, especially alphabetic language, fosters a patriarchal outlook in the mind? The alphabet, wrote Schlein, through its emphasis on linearity and sequence caused the left side of the brain of those who learned it to hypertrophy, resulting in a marked cerebral dominance of one lobe over the other. Metaphorically, the mind listed to one side as one carrying an unevenly distributed load. Schlein's hypothesis builds off, in some ways, Robert K. Logan's Alphabet Effect Hypothesis, which proposes that a communication medium is an active force in creating new social patterns and perceptual realities. This is also the central idea of Marshall McLuhan's famous expression, the medium is the message. But why exactly would written language lead to abandonment of goddesses and the subjugation of women? In his book, Schlein argued that everyone, regardless of sex, is capable of feminine and masculine outlooks, but that these outlooks became more codified in male and female humans due to our particular evolution and hunter-gatherer past. Each outlook is also tied to a particular lobe of the human brain. Here's how they break down. Feminine outlook, which we all know is right brain, is more holistic, simultaneous, synthetic, and concrete worldview. The masculine outlook, which is left-brain, is linear, sequential, reductionist, and abstract worldview. The idea is that since written language is inherently linear, sequential, and reductionist, it fostered left-brain dominance in ancient literate cultures. Even the Chinese writing system, which has no alphabet, depends on linearity and abstract logograms, In other words, written language fosters the mindset of the hunter rather than the holistic nurturer. Schlein devotes the bulk of the alphabet versus the goddess to discussing historical examples from around the world that support his hypothesis. But the oldest, that of ancient Sumer, presents the concept quite well. The Sumerians are the earliest known historical Mesopotamian civilization and boasted a polytheistic pantheon full of powerful goddesses such as Nammu and Nispa. But then around 1700 BCE, the god Marduk rose in prominence, slaying the primordial goddess, Tiamat, in the process. This date coincides with the life of Hammurabi, who gave us the Code of Hammurabi. You might remember the Code of Hammurabi as being one of the world's oldest deciphered writings. But it's also notable for the vicious subjugation of women. One-fourth of the law related to the restriction of female rights, it prescribes brutal violence for crimes such as speaking out against one's husband or taking a second husband, which seems to have been on earlier practice. Slane's hypothesis is radical and perhaps unprovable, but it forces us to think carefully about the power language holds over our cognitive faculties and question humanity's largely patriarchal history, and belief systems? Why are so few goddesses revered among modern worshipers? Why is the fight for gender equality still happening in an age of unprecedented technology and knowledge? Pointing to media advancements in audio, video, and photography, Schlein expressed his hope for a new golden age of right hemispheric tolerance, caring, and respect for nature. Just don't get impatient. It takes a while for a species to change its mind. I'm actually very interested in that article. That was a fascinating thought-provoking article because I had never really thought of the alphabet being more masculine in traits, you know, the thinking patterns, uh, masculine thinking patterns is what I'm trying to say. All right, our next article is The Light Seers Tarot for Guidance and Inspiration, comes out, and it is by Rachel Branson. It comes out on February 11th. It says, in the past, I've used mastery cards to ask questions when I'm faced with a decision, although I'd never used tarot cards before. I was intrigued to learn more about how The Light Seers Tarot by Chris Ann worked. I've been using them for a couple of weeks now, and I'm stunned at how relevant and inspiring I've found them. Using them as a quick, daily, light-of-the-day reading to more focused readings, depending on the challenge or inspiration needed. You don't need to have any previous knowledge, and I love that these have been created with a more contemporary, boho, intuitive style. Absolutely love these cards, as they have been an uplifting and positive feel to them. They would make a lovely gift for anyone wanting to explore the light and shadow sides to their nature. And you can find them at LightSeerTarot.com. And I said that wrong. The article is written by Rachel Branson, but the cards were created by Chris Ann. All right. Our next article by it is on MindBodyGreen.com. It says, How Healing the Solar Plexus Chakra Could Lead to Radical Self-Acceptance. This is actually one of my favorite articles. It was written on January 29th of this year. It says, The chakras are concentrated points of energy, and they add spiritual dimension to health. Just as every structure in the physical body has a physiological purpose, each chakra has a spiritual one. And the, the author says in their holistic medical practice, they use the chakra system to explore the questions that science cannot yet answer and helps the clients understand why they are suffering and what it all means. And all the chakra, although the chakras are not physical structures, they can still be wounded and dysfunctional. When a chakra is wounded, it simply means the energy of that chakra is discordant or chaotic. Sometimes this results from a negative or traumatic event during the developmental phase of life associated with that particular chakra. Other times, the wounding results from a prolonged imbalance, either excess or deficiency, in the energy related to that particular chakra. Regardless of the source, wounding in the chakras inevitably affects our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual experiences, and... Each chakra has a unique set of characteristics associated with it, and this includes a shadow state and gift. When a chakra is wounded, we live in the shadow frequency of that particular chakra. The healing path involves identifying and addressing the wound so we can transcend it and move into the gift frequency for that chakra. Wounded people wound others, and healed people heal others. So when you heal your chakras, you contribute to the healing of all those around you. The shadow of the solar plexus chakra is shame. Shame typically stems from our teen years when we build our identity. As we explore and express who we are, the world around us provides positive feedback for the things we do well and subtly discourages us from pursuing our weaknesses. Over time, we emphasize those characteristics, behaviors, and qualities that are validated for, and we instinctively choose to hide our vulnerabilities, flaws, and imperfections. This leads to a fragmented identity, one that makes us feel quite confident because we are defining ourselves by the things we are positively acknowledged for, but it's incomplete because we're excluding all of our insecurities. Feeling confident in who we are supports us in pursuing higher education and building successful careers, but we remain incomplete. The more the world around us validates this identity, the more we are driven by perfectionism, self-judgment, and criticism. Every time we want to pursue something that makes us feel insecure, our critical mind raises its voice and keeps us small. Shame keeps us small. It's a protective mechanism, and it served us well earlier in life, but it comes with huge limitations. Shame keeps us incomplete, yet tells us we are not enough. Shame drives our pursuit of perfection, yet says we are not worthy. Shame tells us the things we really want in life are not possible, and the only way to expand what is possible for yourself is to expand yourself in pursuit of wholeness. This requires you to welcome all of the parts of yourself in hiding back so you integrate them into your psyche. So what are the physical signs of the solar plexus chakra's shadow? If you hold yourself to impossibly high standards, set unreasonable expectations for yourself or others, or have little tolerance for failure, you are likely driven by a solar plexus wound. Somewhere in your unconscious, shame is alive and it's obstructing your unlimited potentials. When you heal this wound, your limiting belief systems dissolve and you realize that your vulnerabilities and imperfections are the things that draw people and opportunities towards you. These are the parts of you that others love most, the root of your worthiness. And so what happens when you change the solar plexus chakra to the gift side versus the shadow side? To heal the wound of shame, we must move from judgment to worthiness. Self-acceptance is about identifying all the things we judge ourselves harshly for and welcoming them back in. It's about acknowledging that all things we judge others for are reflections of the parts of ourselves in hiding. Acceptance says, all of you is welcome here, especially your vulnerabilities. The more you accept yourself, the more worthy you become. You cannot create anything in your life that you do not believe you are worthy of. So this path is essential to growth. To receive love, you must be worthy of love. To create financial wealth or professional success— you must be worthy of it. To have a loving partnership, you must be worthy of it. So if you're trying to create something in your life and your momentum has plateaued, it may be time to heal your solar plexus chakra. Where are these, what are three exercises that you can do to help you get started? Number one, always start with awareness. Create a fix-it list for yourself. List all the things about yourself you're trying to fix, change, or improve upon. Then review the list and note all the things on the list you judge yourself harshly for. Review the list again and note whether you believe any of the things on the list that make you unlovable. Reframe and discover your gifts. Number two, using the list above, identify how each thing on that list has served you. Have these qualities protected you? Are they connected to parts of yourself that you like? Can you find a gift in each of these things on the list? Number three, confront your critic. Identify one thing you want to do in your life that you have not yet pursued because you believe you don't have the talent or skills to be successful. Note the dialogue that prevents you from doing it and do it anyway. Do it with the intention of failing. Let yourself fail and discover how liberating it is to live imperfectly. All right, that's our episode for today. As always, if you have any comments or questions to write in about, we will enter you in our weekly giveaway and you can email those to rise 2 at gmail.com. And if you leave a review for us on whatever platform you're listening this to this on and then email us to let us know you left a review, we will also enter you in the giveaway. And that giveaway is for a three ounce bag of not, Organic non-GMO herbal tea, custom blended from fromasheswerise2.com. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe. Have a wonderful day. Blessings and namaste. This episode of the Goddess Morning Show is brought to you by rise 2com where you can get wellness coaching using holistic methods of healing, purchase our handcrafted, custom blended, organic, non-GMO herbal teas that are crafted with love, and also order hand-poured soy candles infused with love and pure essential oils and herbs to heal using aromatherapy. Visit our website at Rise 2com That's from ashes we rise with the number two dot com to read more about these products and services. Have a blessed day.